Our great Heavenly Father, I uh, just want to thank you that, uh, that you are the great teacher. And Lord, um, this morning, the lesson from the study that I got is God talked to Abraham and he said, you will be the father of great nation, but it wasn't present. There, there was no path that seemed to be possible to do, yet Abraham believed. And the takeaway I have from that, that I want to share with the class is, your Sabbath school may not be what the ideals and the vision that you have, the teachers here and the superintendents have at this moment. But that does not mean, or we should not limit what you can and will do in the spiritual development of our Sabbath school classes. Lord, be with us today as we study the different methods of teaching. And some of these are like, ah, oh, I know that, but have we applied them yet? And Lord, uh, just be with us. And we've had some beautiful sessions. And Lord, help it to continue. In Jesus' name, amen. I always it's a one method one method of teaching is to review review what you've already done. So we talked about this before class we talked about last evening some lessons learned from last evening and this morning and I tell you that I think that that's the Holy Spirit working here at camp meeting. There's a synergy that was not pre pre-planned by man but was pre-planned by God. Sunday we talked about vision and leadership. If, if the leader doesn't lead, uh, if, the, if the members or the class is, uh, I said, said the thing is if the prisoners run the prison, you don't have a prison. If the, if, the school, if the students run the school, you don't have school. And if the Sabbath school teacher and the leaders don't have a vision and they don't implement that vision with loving care, with the what Pastor Kelly shared with is compassion and care, but holding the standards which we talked about last night, you don't have a Sabbath school class. And dare I say, some Sabbath school classes are not Sabbath school classes. Once in a while you're gonna say something, you're gonna take the class in a direction in love that is not necessarily popular what the um, the majority wants to be done. You don't want to do that too often, and you better be right when you, when you deviate from, from the majority. The, yesterday we talked on the power of the question, we're going to review these. The different, today's is different ways of teaching. We're going to look at three different ways of teaching, and uh, we'll go over that in a minute or two. We're also going to be, uh, this, this is, uh, tomorrow is listening. So once you pose a question, what good is it if you don't listen to the answer? And that is from your class and hearing between the lines. Hearing, listening is a skill that is not taught. It's an overlooked skill. It might be one of the best uh, classes you have. This and the, the questioning will be the greatest takeaways you have in this seminar. And then fellowship, that relationship, that knitting together, having the barbecue, 
and other things. Um, and I've got a list of questions Kim wrote down for us, and I will be addressing those by Friday, either on Friday or by Friday. And then the last one, Friday is a summary, and we may do the give and take that we did four years ago of how to share things that you have strengths and, and things that you can offer, and then things you have needs. And it was a fun time, and maybe that will happen again. So we'll pick up the pieces on Friday and, and close out. The th what are the three goals of Sabbath School? Well, okay, go for it. <laughs> you were listening. Fellowship. Fellowship. Missions. Missions. And the missions has two parts. That's where we get the fourth item. Yeah, the community and the world missions. And, of course, the one that everybody, the default is Bible study, and it is the basis of, of our Sabbath school class. So faith, and that includes the Bible study and growth. Fellowship. Missions, community, and world missions. And you as a leader, this is going into Monday's lesson, I mean Sunday's lesson reviewing, you are a change in influence. If you don't change anybody, you haven't, you haven't been a teacher. If you haven't influenced people, you're doing that not only for today, for this week's lesson, but it's for eternity. You are, at, you are part of the organizational structure of the church. You are assistant to the pastor, assisting in, in the ministry of the church. You are the first responder. What, you will notice the, the deficiencies of spiritual lagging of a person even before they stop attending. When a person stops attending, they've actually mentally, spiritually declined over a period of time previous to their absence. Role modeling, you're also a counselor to them. And that counseling not only happens in the Sabbath school, but some of your best counseling. We had a one, after class, after class yesterday, we had a discussion with three people. And we were here for about 45 minutes or an hour. And uh, that's part of counseling. And I've offered my services outside of class to help this particular Sabbath school class. And I will offer that to all of you. That's on my heart and I desire, and that I'm role modeling that for you to do with your classes and your Sabbath schools. You've got to have a desire. If, you're just, if you don't have any passion and desire for, for the salvation of the souls, um, you need to work on that. And a leader, like I mentioned earlier, Aaron, we talked about, is he, was he a good leader or a bad leader? He was a good leader most of the time. But you, there's a moments when, you, when it's vital and critical. And he really failed at some critical times. And you, he was popular, but he was wrong. And some, yes, go ahead. Ron Kelly brought out that Ron Kelly. last night very strongly that a good leader, good leader has to make a decision, makes has a to stand by the standards. Stand by the standards. Even if it's not and sometimes, he also said that there needs to be love and compassion and uh, dealing with the situation, but still in the broader context of, uh, of, the, of the standards. But sometimes, and he brought out the point that the woman caught in adultery, he didn't treat them, and I'm paraphrasing, but he didn't treat them the same way that he addressed the Pharisees. He called them vipers, but he didn't call her a viper. 
her heart was already, if, if within discipline, and you, your wife knows this, and you know this, if, if the child's spirit is broken, you don't need to, to continue the discipline, then you start the redemptive process with them. But if the, 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 the Pharisees, they weren't crushed yet, so he, he had to crush them with harsh words. You had a question there, brother? Oh, just sometimes, and I don't know, I guess it's the Holy Spirit, I feel, is trying to move me a certain way. Holy Spirit. Or I'll get a, uh, it's like I'll get what I should have said later. There's a lag. It's a lag. And it's like, sometimes it's, wow, why didn't I? Sometimes the Holy Spirit gives you the answer before, when you, exactly when you need it, and sometimes the it comes later comes on after the experience. Why didn't I think of that? Maybe it wasn't. That maybe it wasn't time to say it yet. Okay. <laughs> so we got to have a passion. Uh, spirituality of your class is is so essential, and our Sabbath school classes have to be evangelistic. If you just cover the lesson, and there's been no change, there's no evangelism, there's no appeal, then your Sabbath school class has not met its potential. Put God in the spotlight. Put him in the beautiful of his character, how he loves the people and how he cries for the people in every single lesson. And then um, take advantage. Don't try to do this with your own knowledge. It, of course, the Holy Spirit and pray and, and Holy Spirit, but also add training to that. Get outside experience. Go to classes like this Go to uh, workshops that we'll be establishing in the next year. The print resources online. You can go on to the SAPS, go on to the website, uh, at least of the North American Division, if not the uh, World Church, the General Conference. They have resources for you there. And then uh, go to a mentor or be a mentor. If you need help, go and observe somebody find a Sabbath school class and we had that discussion of, of some challenges and maybe I need to find, uh, have them go and visit a, a, a functioning and well, seeing is a very effective, powerful tool. And of course the Holy Spirit needs to call on your heart and you need to call on others. Solomon felt inadequate when he first was given the job of leading Israel and uh, he didn't feel prepared and he asked God and God gave him mightily. Is your preparation a one-time experience? Do you go to a seminar once at camp meeting when you first start teaching and I've got enough for the lifetime? Or do you go back and you continue to drink from that well? You maintain it, you improve it. And today we're gonna to come up with some new ways of looking at things and new things come along as time goes by. And you have different class members. You may have a solution for, for the class today, for the current members, but you may have other people come that creates a new challenge. So prayerfully consider, accept as God leads, and it may be other than what you want to do. Accept the responsibility and rest in his direction have peace that he's called you you may feel inadequate but he will provide we talked about the power of question yesterday 
questions trigger responses. It goes more than the yes or no. Divergent and convergent, when to use those. The effectiveness of thought-provoking questions. And we gave you some of the key words which you already knew. You told me what those questions were, and we got into so Socrates' method of questioning. Are your questions skinny, which are convergent questions, or are they fat questions that lead to further questions? Convergent questions have stand are standard questions with obvious answers. That doesn't get you very far. That's just a review, a rote review. Divergent questions have a variety of answers. None are right in that particular situation, although you may want to direct them or call for a decision which has a convergence. Pep up your questions with how allows members to see different points of view. And you as teachers need to see points of view. As we talk today and later in class, we're going to talk about the different generations. If you, uh, Dr. Massey said, you are what you are when you were. In other words, when you were is when you grew up in your background depends on is how you act unless you have a significant emotional experience to change that. So your class has different people of different generations and different mindsets and you address them differently. And you can do that in the same class. You don't need to break out, especially in a small church, you can't have a, a class for the baby boomers, you can't have a class for the, the, the World War II people and the millennials. You have to s purposely s weave in questions for each generation. Does class start, does teaching sound a little bit more interesting now? Is it more than just posing a single question? Yes. yes. It's interesting when I went to, I visited the Lapeer Church, so it was a little Lapeer bigger church. church than the church I attended in West Branch. Bigger than West Branch. So there was, they actually broke up into three separate classes. Broke into three classes. So that, and you had your choice. Okay. So maybe the different leaders do some of that. Maybe one group is the World War II veterans. Well, you know, if it, in many churches you find the people who are in the sanctuary tend to be an older group of people, and the people who go into a, a classroom outside tend to have a different mindset and are a little bit more open-minded or not as obvious or convergent in their, in their questioning. They're more divergent. Right. Ask the what-if questions. That allows speculation. What if you were there? Put yourself in that particular situation. What was it like when you were, when this biblical character was doing this, what if you were that person? Should, should that person have done that? That's, a, that's an ethical, a values-based question. Which one, which one starts to organize, take, takes the chaos? and starts putting it into specific things. Which one would you do, or which one should be done, and why? It helps cause to effect, and each one of these has a lot of depth to it that we didn't even touch on. Today's lesson is what we're doing is different ways to teach. We're gonna talk about, in that follow-up session, 
we, we just touched on the uh, Socrates method of, of teaching. And what was so Socrates' method of teaching? Asking questions. He taught, he, uh, he's, he, uh, paraphrasing, he taught by asking questions. He challenges their assumption. When you have somebody, and we talked about people being off base, somebody comes and says something is doctrinally incorrect, challenge them with a question. And question. And is, is what's, I'm going to say it this way, what's the most productive? If you, is one question adequate to really get to the base of a, a deep problem? Absolutely not. Keep ask, if you don't get the answer you want, and you probably won't in the first series of questions, you just be persistent. Target three questions. If a person's off base, what is, what will, what does that look like? Or what will result from that? If you followed that out, how would a person, how does that relate to other scriptures? Just keep asking questions. Don't tell them they're wrong. Question them until hopefully they, if they don't change their position, hopefully they will paint themselves into a corner where the rest of the class realizes where that person is. You may not transform the person who is giving the disruptive uh, statements, but um, that's a tool for you. I just noticed this right here. I saw you looking over at this, this banner over here. Pastor DeVazier put this over here. In fact, you have uh, the answers to the goals of SAB school right there. So it's really exciting. Um, Pastor Jim Howard ha from the Michigan Conference has gone to the General Conference. And, um, and the personal, Mrs. White said personal ministries in SAB school work hand in hand. And so we're actually implementing that. And uh, there's, with the, your person, the outreach in the personal ministry of your church, probably your Sabbath school is the best vehicle for that to happen in. You're, you're, in, you're in small groups, you can have interaction, you can make appeals and such. So the Sabbath school and personal ministry, invite your personal ministry person to be a part of your Sabbath school preliminary program and to and, and support their mission outreach. That's one of your goals of SAP school. You reach their goal of personal ministry by including missions in your SAP school program. And what we talked about is when a class afterwards, if your classes are going only to, you have your, you have only lesson study and no preliminary program, you have no coordinated effort in your church on the SAB school level. You need to have a superintendent's time. That superintendent must have preliminaries that have the goal and purpose beyond just the SAB. If, if you're only doing Bible study and prayer, you're only reaching one of three missions. And an individual class very, very seldom deals with worldwide missions. Your worldwide missions are done at the, at the superintendent's preliminary remarks. You cannot eliminate that. And if you have, you need to address that issue and you need to show some non-errant leadership. 
non-Aaron leaders. You need to show some leadership because you will get pushback. The people who only want to do one of, of the three missions of SAV's goal. Okay, today's lesson. We're going to teach about the generations. This is the fun, clear, it's, it's the fun part of it. We're going to talk about learning styles and we're going to talk about intelligences or strengths in learning. We all have strengths. Um, Jack, what are some of your strengths? What do you, how do you learn best? Or what are some of your, you do well? I'm more of a visual hands-on. Okay, we're gonna deal with that. <laughs> and, you know, I can learn other, it just takes me longer. But you know, if I'm gonna teach or whatever, I'm gonna do, then I take the extra time to So he, he's, he's visual hands-on, and so maybe you need to have visuals in, in, in your classes. But don't forget those who actually read the owner's manual. Yeah. Okay? So maybe you need to give them something to read. So maybe you need to give them the text or extra things that are beyond the basic study of the lesson. Maybe you'll have a handout for them to read. Mm -hmm. Address all your learning styles. Don't teach just the way Jack likes to learn. Okay? Yeah. So, learning objectives, understand the five generations groups. Realize the importance of acknowledging and addressing those characteristics. So, the GI, the silent generation. So, give me some stereotypes of the GI, the World War II generation. Oh yeah, if you push them hard, you can get them taught. You know, it's another thing is, they won the war by uh, the whole the whole country became uh, joined together. You know, they had the efforts where you saved the conserved the metals and the aluminum and all those other things. They are they are organizationally they 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 like organization. Let's let's look at some of the things they were born. 1926 or earlier, they tend to be conformist. If this is what the rules are, they don't deviate from those rules. Doesn't make it bad, doesn't make it good. I mean, it is good and bad, let's put it that way. They tend to trust authority figures. Can you, th what is the opposite of that generation? Basically, during the 60s, don't trust anybody over age whatever, 30 or something like that. The only problem is, we're there now, so you, we learned that didn't work. <laughs> Loyalty, honor, duty are important. We, the motto, we will prevail. We overcome communism. We will stamp out that evil whatever. Then there's the builders and the boosters. This came uh, after, I guess the other one would be World War, kind of like World War One, whatever. The Builders and Boosters, that's 27 to 45, influenced by the Great Depression and World War II. Um, are they keepers or are they throwers? Keepers. They're keepers, conservers. They're stable, loyal, hardworking, uh, developed auditory uh, listening skills because of radio. radio, strong tower radio. We will cope. 
We will cope. Baby boomers, I happen to be, happen to be there, but I'm kind of at the end of them. Born between 46 and 64. I say I'm at the end of the baby boomers. All the early ones took all the good jobs and they just left us with the, last, the rest. Preoccupied with making money. Wary of authority. Uh, organizational structure institutions. Is that in conflict with an earlier generation who was very structured and organized? Um, how would that, these two generations probably deal with SAB school differently? I see some smiles that didn't come through on the, ra on the recording. <laughs> but uh, do, they, do they like the structure? Do they want to follow the rules? Do they want to have their class their own way? I have a thing that says, uh, I take from scripture, every man did what was seemed right in his own eyes. And this is what I think the part of this generation has some of that. Highly visual, we, we will be satisfied. Make us happy. Generation X is 65 to 70. These are generalities. This is not apply to all. But it's just the first postmodern generation that there isn't necessarily a right or wrong answer. And you can see how that has, from the society, has, is actually seeping into the church. And we have to address those issues. They're tech savvy, leisure loving, feeling, personal experiences, relationships are more important. They will leave your church. Previous generations would say, this is truth, and it's truth, so I believe it in spite of whatever the local church is doing, in spite of what the SAB school teacher does, whatever, I'm still going to be at SAB school. This generation says, if it doesn't meet my needs, I'm not showing up. And they're not showing up. They're not showing up. It doesn't make it right, but that's, it. that's the way it is. Just do it. Here's the echo generation, and we're starting to put in generations even underneath these ones. Uh, born between 77 to present, we may even have to block that off. This is starting to have another generation coming after it. Uh, have less respect for authority, shorter attention spans, technologically experienced. Have you seen how many people? And if you've ever looked at the balcony of one of the churches, I will remain unnamed. Um, I had a term for it, I'm trying to think of it as, but every, you have the main sanctuary and the balcony is, is further back and you look up there and you're on the platform and almost everybody's on this during, during your, your church service. Yeah. <laughs> I hope that they're only spending messages. There's other stuff being done besides that. Yes, Jack? The problem I think is that sure. Yeah. The written word. The hard copy, Bible. Still using the Bible. And so they're, they're using the phone, but are they using it for texting? Are they using it for, for the scripture reading? Or are they using it as a Bible? Or are they using it for other purposes? Exactly. And um, seek security, and it's a hard world. 
these you may have three or four of these groups in your in any one of your classes, especially if you're in a small church. That was the first of our three presentations that we're going to be looking at. We're going to also look at learning objectives. Uh, there are three recognizing three basic learning modes. Understand the importance of a variety of approaches to facilitate. And if you look at this, if you're going to lay these over, first you've got people of different generations with different mindsets, and then you have different learning methods. And then we're going to put another grid underneath that. Do you have to be intentional about how you teach your Sabbath school lesson? Super. In fact, it would not hurt you, and at times I've done this, and I haven't done this recently, but it might be good, I've heard people suggest it is, after you've done your preparation, do a checklist. Did I deal with the generations? Am I, do I have something for all the generations in, in today's SAB school lesson? Check. Yes, maybe put yes or no. One column yes, one column no. And then maybe you have a third column that says, what do I need to do with it, or something like that. Next one is, is am I dealing with all the learning modes that people have? And then the, we'll go with the third one. But are you purposely, are you intentionally dealing with it? Uh, techniques to maximize understanding and application. So, name the different ways to learning. Jack kind of implied. So what are you, uh, here's the first hint. This should whet your appetite. So we have visual learners. So what are other learning paths besides the visual learners? Auditory, hearing, and then there's another type of one. Kinesthetics and touch. How do you do that in SAB school? One of the things, where in the, if you're a SAB school superintendent and you need to be compassionate, I, I was a SAB school superintendent probably more than I've been a teacher. And as you look at, the, think of the visualize. I like that, I used the visual word. Visualize, you don't always have a visual, but you can talk visually, okay? Visualize which division has the highest visual content in instruction in your SAB school. What's that? Absolutely. And then you go to kindergarten is what happens in kindergarten? What's that? It's more hands-on. More hands-on. That's a good point. I like that. I was going in a different direction, but I like that. It's, it becomes more hands-on. Well, you have quite a bit of hands-on because they hand out in crater roll, or beginners they're calling it, they hand out little bells, and they have little chopsticks, and they have, you, you bring your offering up, and you put it in the basket, and you s sing a song. The, 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 the crater roll is the ultimate multi-sensory division, okay? And as you go to kindergarten, let's go to juniors and think about that. How much visuals do you have there and how much kinesthetics do you have there? Then you go to uh, early juniors, early teens, you get to teens and then you get to the, to the adult teacher. Whatever happened to visuals? Whatever happened to kinesthetics? All you have is auditory. You've completely lost two out of the three senses. What's that? I use visuals all the time. 
Do you? Praise the Lord. How do you do it? How do you do it? She uses, and Holt, you use visuals. Yes. And so they could see them better. So, and, so um, they aren't sitting in the back of the pew and, and they can't see. And if they can't see it, come up forward. Yeah. Right. And, and they needed to be able to see the pictures because it was a quiz and, um, of animals from one of the countries that we were, our mission officer. Make it small enough so they have to sit up front, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you do, you're doing this during Sabbath, the preliminaries or during the, the Sabbath school lesson itself? Okay, good, okay. Yeah, I use visuals almost every Amen. day. In fact, I, I uh, do visuals. I, I pre prepare a PowerPoint that uh, when I'm doing my preliminaries and I can spend one to three hours on it. And you say, wow, where do I find the time? How valuable is your people? How, how do you engage your people? I tell you what, when I start doing my preliminaries, and I'll come back to you, sister. Janet, is the last name Walker? Oh, I remembered. Um, I found out, there, and we have sat, we have church, we have church first and Sab school second. And um, and um, after church, the church would go up, the kids go downstairs, and then the people go out and they they go to the restroom and they and they hung out in the hall. And you had a, almost a bigger group in the hall, in the foyer, that I can see through the windows of the sanctuary out into the foyer than we had in the sanctuary. And I started doing these PowerPoints with engaging story, and, and the people came in. I used to worry about the people in the lobby, in the foyer, but if your program is good enough, you don't worry about them, they come in. They say, I literally termed it as, what is Tom doing this week? <laughs> And, the, and it's the thing like the, I shared with you on the Father's Day and Mother's Day uh, program. You look up facts, you do some search, something they didn't know, and they say, wow. One of the things I do a lot of times, and I'm deviating such, is I put that, that picture of, I drew the parallel. Nobody gave me that, that where did Mother's Day and Father's Day start? I put it up there, and then I said, I wonder, those were off, they were in the same state. I wonder how far they apart they are from each other. And so I got a Google map and I took a screenshot and they're 20 miles apart. The, the foundation of that. And the, the picture of the, the two ladies, that's Ann Jarvis and Clayton, I put, them, I put them up on the screen. This, where do you find this information? If you don't do it to them, this is something they didn't, may not have known. Bring them in with visuals and auditory do an interview during your program. Call up a missionary. I did that once. I called up a missionary. Actually, a SAB school program. Sorry. See what happens when you leave? <laughs> Come on in. And I actually called up. A, we were having somebody special for a weekend, and I called them by phone. And you can put your, your cell phone and put it on speaker up to the thing. And I did an interview with, it was a creation museum uh, director from Washington State that, Mount St. Helens, and he was coming to do a presentation at our church. And that was part of my Sabbath school program. So use the auditory, use the visuals, and, and so on and so forth. So with that introduction there, um, describe 
an auditory visualist, uh, uh, visual listener, and I think we'll skip that one this time. The method, the process, the best way, the visual learners is the best way through sight. Show a picture, and PowerPoint is so easy. The internet is so rich. You do a Google search of image, and you can get just about anything you want, and, the, and that's how I do it. I even have a, a class. I have a PowerPoint how to teach SAB school superintendents how to create a SAB school preliminary PowerPoint program. Step by step, how to do that. And then how uh, accommodations, what do you need to do? They must see the facilitators and the other students' facial expressions, their body language. That also takes in the nonverbal communication. You know, on that one picture you saw me doing this, you know? That's, that's, uh, that's good for visual learners. And the behavior, they tend to sit in the front row. What are you doing back there, Jack? <laughs> <laughs> they also like to sit in circles. So there's some people, my class, in fact, at, at Wyoming Church, when we redid the pews, I encouraged them to make the, a section of the church to be in movable chairs. We have a traditional church and th uh, all but nine pews out of the 27 pews, it's uneven because the PA booth is in the back corner. Um, nine of them are movable chairs for, for Sabbath schools that you can put them into a circle. So which, which learners like that? The visual learners like a circle. So that's one way you can deal with your with your visual learners is, is create a physical environment that is friendly to them. It helps when you're interacting too, when you're having a discussion, like you said, to see the facial, facial expressions. expressions so you can, you can structure for, everybody can see the circle does that and they help, and you can structure, that's an easy thing even before you start your, your Sabbath school lesson is have, or tell them as soon as they get there, let's move our chairs in a circle. You've already met an, a partial objective of the visual learner before you've even started talking. Yes, Jack? I like what you're saying, or what you're saying. The visual con uh, concepts of the teaching are listening. It's better to have a discussion instead of looking at the back of somebody's head. Yes, exactly. the circle. And, and not only that, it's for people hard of hearing. Uh, if you're, they're, they're projecting, you're sit, they're, they sit behind a person who's talking. Your voice is projecting 180 degrees in the wrong direction. Okay, so auditory learners. Hearing is the main source of information. They could close their eyes. In fact, I don't, th I, I'm, thinking about this, but I tend to close my eyes during a beautiful music, the uh, special music during, I don't want to be distracted by the visual during a beautiful song. In fact, you can actually visualize better when you have your eyes closed sometimes. Accommodations, they prefer lectures. And that's what our traditional Sabbath school is, is a lecture ses session. And most, I don't know what percentage, but it is a majority. Yes, Jack? Say that again. The majority of our lunch is? 
Most of the way we, we, we conduct our Sabbath schools are auditory. Right. We don't use visuals. We use visuals in the children's divisions, right. but in the adult divisions, it's talking. It's all talking. But is it, it's not, or is it teaching or is it discussion? Okay. You know, are you up there trying to? The PowerPoint says that lectures and discussions are good for auditory learners because both are verbal. Okay. Thank you. The class answered its own question. The, uh, the, <laughs> the uh, auditory learners do both discussion and lectures. But that's the way we do most of our SAV school. We're heavily leaned towards the auditory learner. And I want you to think about it. Does that cause some discontinuity? Are we leaving out, are we, are we serving to a single type of learning style or preference? And then their behavior is interested. This is interesting and I forgot this. It kind of slipped under the radar. They're interested in the voice pitch and the intonations. That's interesting. I, that just passed me by. I just saw that even in this, even though I've done this before. How you say it. It's, it's almost like radio. Um, I've had to learn is you need to round out your voice. And you hear a good radio announcer, they have a richer intonation. And they vary and such. So maybe that's one thing we can improve on is, especially when you have people hard of hearing, but even for those who auditory learners, they love to hear the music of your voice. Tactile kinesthetics, they prefer hands-on. Do we do any tactile kinesthetics in our Sabbath school classes? No, Jack's saying no. And there is actually, in the Sabbath school lesson, and I, um, in the past, there is somebody who has written, and I don't know if it's still current, and I, I feel condemned here. Confession is, is good for the soul, but hard for the reputation. There is, in the Sabbath lessons in the past, there is somebody who has written tactile kinesthetic things, how to make the Sabbath school kinesthetic. I'm just thinking, if you have a mission story, and I, I, one time, I asked somebody to do this. We didn't actually fulfill it, but when you talk about Pitt Karen, you're having the mission story and talking about how the, the background of missions, this could be during your preliminary program. And I asked this person, to, she mentioned it to me, and we didn't do it. But she says, I know how to, where you can get breadfruit because the Pitt Karen, the boat that they did the missionaries was a converted, retask breadfruit boat. And so if, you, if she brought a, a breadfruit, which I somewhat know what it does, and we pass that around during Sabbath school, the Pitt Karen was originally a breadfruit transportation, like a banana boat, it was a breadfruit boat. That's a tactile way to, to include your tactile learners. They like to explore the physical world. In fact, let me, think of, let me throw something at you. A tactile learner, we have a very tactile thing. In fact, you might want to do it the first Sabbath, Friday night and Sabbath after Labor Day. 
What if you took your tactile, took your whole class and your tactile learners would be very much affected by this in a positive way? The 150th camp meeting anniversary is this year. We kind of forgot that. This is the 150th of the very first or church organized camp meeting here in Michigan, was at Wright, Michigan. And, and they're going to be celebrating that down at the Adventist Historic Village. And wouldn't you think, I mean, this comes to me, a tactile kinesthetic learner, you take them and your class down to the Adventist Historic Village and they get to touch the, the Discovery Center. They have uh, John, John Harvey Kellogg's um, devices that they use for health at the sanitarium. And they actually sit on the rowing machine and do all Is that kinesthetic? Is that tactile? Is that touching? You might want to do things like that for your kinesthetic learners. Take a field trip. Do something with them. They need variety activity. Would be going to the Adventist Historic Village be a field trip? Would that be an activity? Think outside the box uh, because they are easily distracted. They, that may have a lifelong effect of going to the Adventist Historic Village for them. Then the third thing, the third learning stuff. We're doing very, very good on our time here. Recognizing the multiple intelligences. What, can, what are the intelligences? In school, what intelligences are tapped on or is, is honored in school? There's nine of them. <laughs> My brother has blown away the fact that there's nine. How many, did, how many intelligences did you think there were? No idea. I mean, just three. Three, yeah, that's, that's, exact, that's exactly the answer I wanted to say. It was just three or four. You think of IQ, intelligence, book learning, and so on and so forth. But or writing skills. Writing skills, exactly. Um, what about, but... Um, do you want those people with writing skills or, or high intelligence to be working on your car? Maybe not. <laughs> you want somebody who has mechanical uh, ability. I have a new friend that I've um, known for a year or less, and he has an intelligence of, of machinery, uh, riding motorcycles. He has this sense I, I, motorcycles and more. He, had, he, was, he started out bicycles and motorcycles, and but you know what? He also knows how to run a lawnmower really good. And you know, there's a if you're on. What do you call that? Uh, operator. We're going to touch on that. He, he, it's a skill. And you know what? If you're if you're mowing uh, your grass on a hill, he has this intelligence. He can he can mow grades, slopes that, that most of us don't. He just has this innate intelligence on how to work with these machinery and stuff. So there's multiple intelligence. Does that apply? If, if we talked about before, you have listening skills, you have visual skills, learners, and then you have tactile learners, you also have in different intelligences. 
So we have three layers to think about. You have generations. You are what you are when you were. Where you grew up affects how you learn and how you process stuff, you view things. And then you have the ways you, you take in information and then you have intelligences. Are you addressing all of this in your Sabbath school class? And again, I repeat, make yourself the list or maybe after you've taught your Sabbath school class, start here. After you've taught your Sabbath school class, come back to these principles here. Did I deal with the generations? After you've taught your class, maybe sit by and quiet between Sabbath school and church, or maybe if your Sabbath school is second, sit back and say, did I hit all my objectives? And then do some self-analysis and say, if I didn't do it, what am I going to do? That's a question. What am I going to do about this next week? How am I going? I missed the tactical, tactile learners this week. How am I going to do this? I missed this generation. I think I completely missed it. I'm going to, do, I'm going to focus on them. I'm going to make sure that I deal with the generationalists. And I'm going to, the third one, which we're coming to, is the multiple intelligences. And we're, our objective is to, in your Sabbath school, use a variety of approaches of teaching the lesson. Reach to them too. How do you learn? Do you learn for reading? That's why you may hand out a reading. Maybe you have a, a study sheet for, for, la, for next week. Maybe you'll have a do something next week. You know what? If you prepare a handout for next week, how will that help you with your preparation? You know, you will start a week ahead of time. And you know what's really neat? You can tell your class, I study the lesson for next week, and this is what we're going to discuss. You know what we usually do is we haven't done, we've done just enough preparation to get into today's, this, today's Sabbath school. You aren't even thinking about next week yet. But if you know the context, you will probably not cover, or you will say, oh, I'll, let's, we're going to discuss that next week. We really don't want to go into that because we're going to cover that next week. I mean, there's multiple advantages, but um, you that have... Maybe something to hand Yeah. For the people that we do the same thing, we have the Sabbath school first and then the church. Yep, Sabbath or school. The other way around. You have church first and then Sabbath school. And there's a whole lot of people that just... Take off. Their they have a, you say, well, this is what I'm missing, and maybe I should stay by for Sabbath school. So to get in on the discussion. Absolutely, and that's one reason why your preliminary program, when you have that, um, as soon as church, you transition to Sabbath school, the preliminary program, and make sure it's an intriguing program. Mm -hmm. Have something right there. We, we, especially with the holidays, uh, Mother's Day, Fathers, they say, we're, stay behind. We're going to do something in Sabbath school for mother. We're going to honor our mothers. Get them to say, and then get them to stay for Sabbath school. They say, you know, we, we invite you to stay for, Sabbath, for the Sabbath school lesson study. Make sure the lesson study is worth, worth the staying for. Father's Day, maybe we miss Father's Day. Um, we're going to do something in two weeks. We're going to have Father's Day celebration. We want all the fathers to stay behind. In Sabbath school, we're going to do that. Yeah, and because you have multi-church districts, uh, they share pastors. So some have Sabbath school first and then church. Right. Other have church. 
at our church, we actually chose, we actually chose at a time we had uh, only one a pastor to the church. We chose to have uh, church first and Sab school because the, pe the parents weren't bringing their kids to Sab school. They were coming too late and they were only coming for church. So we did it for the children's division. We actually purposely had church first and it's been that way for years and years. Yes, Jack? We maintain about about seventy percent of go from church to Sabbath school with that, and in the children's division, you have they would literally not have children in the children's division mm -hmm. in a three hundred member church. Uh, it was about two fifty at that time. They, the kindergarten division, the kindergarten, uh, the cradle world, you'd, you'd have no children, and this way they're already there. They stay. Now there's some older people who take off afterwards, but the children's division have a better um, membership at that particular time. How do you learn? Learning, reading, seeing, listening, touching, doing and touching. Now let's talk about those multiple uh, uh, intelligence. This is visual spatial. This has a picture smart. You show them a picture and to them the proverbial Picture is a thousand words. So if I'm doing a preliminary Sabbath school program or in my Sabbath school program, I want to have a picture every week. You said a picture. Have a picture every week. I'm not telling you to do this, but if you're not, you may be missing one of your intelligences and communications. Have a picture for them. Give an example. You know what I do with a picture? Don't just show a picture. Say. How many people do you ask for? No, ask them questions about that question. You know what's that question? How many people do you see in the picture? Or just show up a picture. What's going on here? Why do you? Why did I put this picture up here? That gives you time to think about it. It makes them think about it. They process it, and you get better results. Give a picture and ask a question. Verbal linguistics. These are people who love words. They're the people who love um, Clifford Goldstein, who uses a big vocabulary and challenges them. There's other people at the other end of the spectrum that are offended by it, but uh, you might throw in a new word of the week. Throw in a vocabulary word for the word smart, the linguistic people, and they'll probably correct you. Uh, <laughs> and accept it graciously because they're participating. Okay? Logical, mathematical. They love numbers and, and logic smart. For instance, uh, they love, when you give your SAB school lesson, they like to hear percentages and numbers. They like, on mission stories, they want to talk about how, they'll do the calculations of the ratio of SAB school members to, to church members in each division. You put that, maybe in the screen, say there are so many thousand church members and so many Sabbath school members and the population. They'll do, a, they'll do a mental calculation on percentages while you're giving the Sabbath school lesson. Feed them. That, that engages them. Don't fight it. Go with it. So try to have a picture. Try to use a vocabulary. Try to use, use numbers and logic. Body kinetics, that's, that's probably the person that I'm talking about who, who, who's the motorcycle and the and the bicycle and the lawnmower, body smart. 
How do you do that? That's kinesthetic. We talk about going to places, going to the Adventist, bring in something and pass it around. And if you can manipulate it, you know, just as, as we have young kids, you have toys that help them manipulate. Uh, maybe you give them a puzzle or something. I don't know. Think of something. Maybe you have a puzzle and, and I don't know, you just, you're the teacher. Musical intelligence, rhythm and smarts, uh, rhythm and, and uh, music smarts. So when I eliminate music from my program, am I leaving out one of the nine intelligences? I just want to teach the lesson may, or such. Is it possible that they should, we should sing a song? We should have a class song every quarter? I'm just thinking out loud. You do three songs. Uh, either sometimes we'll follow on the screen. Uh, the follow on the screen? Christian three songs. Christian karaoke. Uh, or we'll use the R song songbook. It's like a children's. Okay. Where we'll just sing three of those. And usually there's music to the PA. And you know, I'm just thinking about, you're talking about that but is it possible you should have the song serve a little bit of song service especially in a small church of all generations mm -hmm. for a few minutes before you divide and then they can do their own songs in song in fact you look at your children's divisions if you can incorporate the things you do in your children's division you'll probably have a better adult Sabbath school it's amazing we forget the the things that work everything I love that that book the title of the book Everything I really needed to learn, I learned in kindergarten. Uh, everything I really needed to learn uh, for teaching was in, it was in the beginner's division. <laughs> that's that's thought-provoking. Interpersonal intelligences. These people, They don't stick their foot in their mouth as often as the rest of us, okay? <laughs> they, I, I think of one person that probably has never created an enemy in their whole life. It's just they have a certain intelligence to, to address people in a, in, a, in a warm way to include people, but also not to offend people. So there's an intelligence. There's some people who have who have great knowledge, but uh, they offend people very on a regular basis. I remember a family what called is that intelligence? What's that? What is, what is that intelligence called? I think, that's that, I think it's that interpersonal intelligence. Okay. I say I remember a family in church that yeah. last name was Holmes. Okay. And they made everybody feel at home. Oh, okay. They lived to their family name. They made everybody feel at home. That's an intelligence. And that goes to fellowship. Your Sabbath school has fellowship. You, you want to incorporate, you want to um, include them into inter, intrapersonal, a touch smart. I have to think about, I'm like, that one I don't recall the definition. Naturalistic. They like uh, environmental or na nature smart. I wonder if that particular person is somebody can grow anything. <laughs> and uh, my sister says we have a black thumb, at least for indoor plants. Uh, you get us a plant and uh, it, ha it's, it has a short lifespan. 
existential. These people like deep, deep questions. So you've got, you've got, I think nine. You've got nine different intelligence here. If you're only dealing with if this group, uh, you miss them. If you never go deep, you have that. What is the meaning of life? Type of question. So you have all these multiple intelligences. How can you address the, all of these needs? Let's take a little time to discuss. We've talked about these three different ways to teach, three different filters, three different methods to teach people. The first one that we talked about was addressing their ages and where they come from and are we dealing with each one of those generations. And think of your class, maybe just visualize your class, who's in your SAB school class, what are their ages. And maybe what you need to do, and I talk about, I love graphs and charts. I went through a textbook once, I saw a pattern in it, it was a, a college textbooks on materials and processes. What type of materials do we use and how we manufa make manufactured <laughs> items. And I noticed that he had a certain pattern that he did in the book as a structure. And I actually outlined that. And when I taught the class, I used a power, this is on a college level, technical college. I made a graph there. And for each one of those categories, I forget what it is. What is the material? What is the source? Where does it come from? And, and so on and so forth. I, I charted out the whole, the whole um, every chapter of his book. And I, I actually got a hold of the publisher and, and got his contact information. And I said, in this particular chapter, you forgot, I did this chart and I realized he, did, he left a couple blanks, <coughs> sections blank out of the columns on one of the categories. And my question to you, in your Sabbath school class, are you leaving out some of these categories? Take, take the age, take each one of these learning teaching methods and then for, for the generations, check to see if you are meeting the each generation. You ha do you have members of each one of those generations? I hope you wrote those generations down. The GI level, you know, the generations, the post-war and, and, and the whatever they are. Did you write those down and go back and visualize how many people, do you have people in each one of those groups? If you don't have anybody in that group, then I wouldn't worry about that particular one. And are you teaching to that generation? Those who need structure, those who like to be have non-structure. How do you do that in the same class? The other thing is the auditory learners, the visual learners, that's the next level. Are you doing the kinesthetic, the touch? Are you bringing something? Are you using the, the, the cradle roll teaching techniques in your class? And then the third one, are you dealing with the various intelligence? Take all nine of those intelligence. Am I addressing those, those intelligence? Speak to me a little bit. Uh, tell me what you're, what are you thinking about that? When you use that term, cradle role? Or beginners, yes? That's the birth, birth to two years old. It's called beginners now. Oh, uh, it's an old term. 
It's from the cradle. I think it's. I think maybe. I'm just thinking. Maybe it's like cradle rock, cradle roll, or rock. As they learn to roll over. Oh, it could be too. <laughs> but the thing is, we use all the tactile methods. We use all the auditory methods. We use uh, visual methods, but we don't use that in our adult Sabbath school classes. How are you going to do that? And deal with the generation. Yes, Jack. Yeah, yeah. They don't comprehend well. And so thus they won't study their lessons. Well, okay, well think about this. We have wonderful resources. I, I, I have a classmate. Go ahead. I, I can see a smile, so I know you know the answer. online where you can listen to the Sabbath School lesson now. The Sabbath School lesson is online. Except this guy won't use a computer either. Does he have a cell phone? Yeah. On your cell phone there's an app. Uh, if you have, tell him he's got to get a smartphone. There's an app, and it actually reads the SAP school lesson to you. Okay. Or that works when I'm driving my truck. It works when he's driving his truck. Amen. <laughs> Amen. He's a strong tower radio. Uh, oh, absolutely. Amen. He, was, he was, uh, came to the Lord through strong tower uh, radio. Amen. You can auditory. Absolutely. There is a way. Uh, it may not come to you immediately what the thought is, but there is a way to overcome all these. Dissect. Analyze your SAV school class. And I tell you what, once you make that grid, that chart, you'll have a little cognitive dissonance. Yes? Maybe it's my generation, but when I first heard all this, I was like rebellious to the thought. Oh, she's... That's she, overwork, that's overkill, nobody over, to that. But the more I thought about it, as we've been talking... The more she thought about it, yeah. Jesus did all of those Jesus things. did all these. all the methods with the people, and he picked up who needed what and used it. He, so Picked up with Follow his example. You know what? I hate to tell you this, but it's not optional. If you love your people, if you love your class, this has to be a priority. Because you have souls. You are a shepherd or a shepherdess, and you have, in the kingdom, you're going to be called accountable for this. So you don't want to be found wanting in one category of one of those boxes of that chart. Let's look at what we're going to talk about. Um, in fact, if this helps you any, literally, maybe I needed, I was visually describing this. So this is uh, learning styles. And learning styles require teaching styles, okay, teaching methods. So I'm going to say generations, and this is uh, learning, and then intelligent IQ. And this one's going to have, this one's going to have uh, nine of them. This one's only going to have well about five of them. This is the GI generation, all the way to the uh, millenniums. This is going to be visual. This is be auditory, tactile, and this you have the the nine, the gardeners, gardener, nine. 
and just literally, am I doing it? And if they're not, and the thing is, is he's, God's going to say one day, where are the sheep that I gave you? Where are the sheep that I gave you? Going to give you an idea of what we're going to talk about tomorrow. This one goes with what we had last week, or yesterday. You have the question, but half of your learning is in listening. Listening is not a skill that is taught. It is not one that we focus on. We would rather talk than listen. We are very, very poor listeners. And so tomorrow we're going to focus on the missing teaching method. That is listening. Let's call. Does anybody have any last-minute questions or thoughts before we close with a word of prayer? Very good. If you, you want to stay behind, we stayed behind. We stayed behind almost till twelve o'clock last day, well, yesterday. But let's have a word of prayer. Our great heavenly Father, I just want to thank you for who you are and what you've done, Lord. Uh, it's a little overwhelming when we start putting it onto a chart or a grid and start checking off the boxes. Lord, uh, it's kind of like the law. We, we feel pretty secure when we compare ourselves to the other Sabbath school teachers. We feel pretty secure when we talk, compare ourselves to other church members. We're better than them or we don't do that. But uh, Lord, uh, when we well, some of the things that we've learned today can and should cause cognitive dissonance. That's a linguistic word. That cause some, some concern, some say, some shortages here. But Lord, that shortage is only to see the great need. And as, as, as uh, Pastor Mark Howard shared this morning, when we see our need, we see that Abraham had not only, uh, he knew he couldn't do it, but he knew that God could do it. And Lord, in our Sabbath school classes, we can't do that right now by ourselves. What we've done on our own, we can't do that. But Lord, it will be glory. And we will see, when we see that you have and you did do it. Lord, it reminds me of that time uh, when we were in the small church of Noble, Illinois, and uh, there had been a funeral on the day before of a crib death baby. The family had come home, uh, uh, happened uh, upstate, but uh, came home, and uh, there was grieving through the church. This crib death up in... Hinsdale, Illinois, uh, had reverberations across this small, connected congregation in southern Illinois. And uh, the, per the layman who was conducting the, the sermon said, uh, and he had experienced a childhood death, and he said, I prepared for this message weeks in advance, and I'm not prepared to reach out to this hurting, crying family and the congregation that was sympathizing with them. And Lord, it came upon me to share to my brother, the Lord will, let's pray that he will, just like these Sabbath school teachers say, let us pray, we know we're inadequate. We'll pray that you will provide the knowledge and the skills 
and you will provide. And when I told him, I said, when it happens, we will know it wasn't you, but it was God was here today. And dear Lord, as, he, as my brother preached, I heard him preach the sermon he did not prepare. The, prayer, the sermon that was up from up on high, and I literally counted on my fingers, and I, he and I were the, and the Holy Spirit were the only three people who knew that you had been there and you had changed the sermon. Point by point, I counted them. And, and it was a totally affirmed after the services, we stood at the door of the church, the exit of the church, and person after person, including the grieving parents, testified how that sermon met their needs that day. Lord, it's not about us, but it is about us being willing. Here am I, Isaiah said, use me. And Lord, uh, we're inadequate, but here we are. We give this over to you, that you will take it to the next level, that you will fill in those boxes, those empty boxes without a check mark in it, and we'll say the Holy Spirit was here today. In Jesus' name, amen. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.